Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another Nacho Tuesday. And today I have Marion here with Processio. And without further ado, we'd love if you could uh, introduce what you guys are doing over there and uh, tell us more about your company. Okay. Thank you, Andy. Thank you for having me and for inviting me to your lovely Nacho Tuesday. Okay. So uh, a bit about uh, Processio. What, what Processio does? So Processio democratize the access to enterprise automation integration technology. And that sounds fancy, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, basically it's a visual uh, software development and execution environment suited for automation and integration. That's it. Yep. Sounds pretty nice. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, a lot of companies can't really afford a lot of those enterprise tools. So it's nice that you guys are kind of bringing it down to their level. What would you say your ideal customer profile would be? It depends on the context. So there is not just one ideal customer profile. Uh, when uh, you are discussing with an enterprise, it's a business person that has uh, uh, some needs. Actually, a business person do not care about your products, about your technology. They care about uh, uh, their needs. So you need to address their needs, not speak about your other technology. So yeah. that's one ICP. Uh, but also process your move towards community, uh, towards product, and then it's like uh, like a technical person. So uh, process your it's uh, also low code and no code and full code. You have a mix of approaches to deliver automations. Uh, but um, I would say that it's a bit technical. So to use it at it to use it at it most, you should uh, be a bit technical as a mindset. Not necessarily to be a programmer. It will help, but you should understand how software works, how system uh, works, how uh, data flows between systems. Um, and or you can be like a business technologist. You are not a programmer, but you are a business person, but understand the technical aspects. Uh, that's for building automation. But we also move towards... Uh, let's say low code application development and we have uh, just released uh, an amazing forms and task designer that can be used by non-technical people to build complex approval flows and, and that's magic and also augmenting it with a technical mindset you will bring processes to it and build like complex automation very cool how does yeah. it sound sounds uh, simple enough for guys like me to use <laughs> It might be, and should be, not sure how technical are you, but for sure the path for forms and tasks will be easier for everybody. The process side, you should be technical as a mindset. Very good. Okay. <clears throat> I'll have to call Alan about that one. <laughs> Just kidding. So uh, what got you to where you're at in your career? Um, how did you get started down this path of automation? Uh, we'd love to hear your backstory and how you came to uh, start processing you. Okay, a big a bit of backstory about myself. So um, I might say that I evolved from a mix of creative and technical expertise uh, around digital products, digital experiences. On top of that, I've added, uh, let's say, uh, some leadership experiences, some entrepreneurial experiences. Down the road, I got married with an amazing wife that gave me a daughter, a crazy daughter. <laughs> and gave you processes. <laughs> exactly so. And now I'm co-founder and deputy CEO at Processio. Very nice. Uh, regarding Processio, how Processio starts, uh, that's interesting. So um, as most of uh, the co-founder out there, uh, the story with Processio, it's similar. It started from 
the parent company uh, context, their needs. Uh, we research. Uh, uh, actually, I will say, I will tell you the the context. So our parent company um, needed a way to uh, deliver faster. Uh, let's say. Um, adapt uh, changes to new regulations to move faster to new uh, country regulations to uh, externalize uh, uh, processes and that was challenging because uh, it takes time to deliver software it takes time to up, uh, uh, to make process more efficient and we started to search for a way to configure software rather than customize everything and by doing so, we started to make research, global research. We figured out that that was not just our need. All the companies out there need a way to deliver faster and to make processes more efficient, right? Mm -hmm. So by doing so, we said, hey, let's build a technology that can be used by every company out there to make processes more efficient. Mm -hmm. So that was the inception of Processio. Uh, very cool. So um, <clears throat> I guess what automation tools and processes should businesses be aware of in 2024? Um, of course, th there are a lot of tools out there, but I I would rather focus on uh, understanding the context. Prior to any tools, I recommend companies to understand their context. So uh, make an internal analysis understand your context, um, uh, define your processes, and after you understood your context, search for tools. And tools you will find, but you need to find the tools that fits your context, right? So it should be like tailored on your, other, on your context. Uh, okay, of course, uh, you might have KPIs when you are looking for tools. So uh, you need the uh, tools that can help you deliver faster in this context, tools that can be easy used by your the existing uh, capacity, like say technical capacity. Do you have internal team that can uh, de deliver automation or software or not? Uh, you should, uh, can you externalize that, uh, uh, that uh, work to someone else? Let's say when I, if I would be in a company situation to choose for a tool, because right now we have our processor and we used to automate our internal processes. But okay. if I wouldn't have it, I would look for a tool that has a community, a uh, community around it. Uh, so I can uh, uh, bring help from the, that community or even externalize some, uh, some of our work. Or even better, I will look for a vendor that of that also offer, uh, let's say, uh, professional services, right? So if I'm a, an enterprise company, I will choose a vendor that can also uh, do the job for me yep. with that technology. So I I provided guidelines about how to choose tools uh, because tools there are a lot of tools, but you need to find the proper the proper one for you. Perfect. So what's <clears throat> a lot of people might be worried about a. Uh quality and uh, losing out on the customer experience, right? So in a world of automation, it's becoming, you know, so easy for people to just to automate everything, but we're lacking that personalization in a lot of ways. Um, what are your thoughts on how companies can roll out automation without sacrificing on quality in their operations? And uh, most importantly, that customer experience that they deliver to their customers? To be, uh, to be honest, there will always be uh, like a compromise. Companies will make and should make compromises. 
because uh, there is uh, that time. Uh-huh. You need to be in time in the market, right? Uh, and I would say, and that's that's the case because it's it will be in vain to work a lot in a perfect product solution, whatever, but to deliver it when it will not be needed. Yeah. So it will. I I say that it's a mix. So back to to internal analysis, you should understand your context and choose the compromises that it suited your context. Even though it will be, let's say, hey, let's deliver this uh, capacity or this uh, feature uh, with less capabilities, but at least put it in the market, take feedback from the community and improve. But also you need a way to deliver fast. Th- that's the new norm. You need to deliver faster. Uh, and here comes uh, tools and processes that you might have at, at hand. So. Uh, it will not be easy to uh, to focus only on one thing, not just deliver faster or focusing on having the perfect experience because there will be yeah. no such way, right? You need to balance it. That makes sense. There's going to be a lot of so trade-offs there. Processes, right? So internal processes analysis. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it all starts with uh, your foundation. Um, so I guess uh, with that in mind, what are your aut- automation predictions for 2024? Um, you just mentioned that things are moving really fast, and I definitely agree. Uh, the uh, speed of business today is faster than it's ever been before, and it's going to continue to speed up from here. Uh, so, with that in mind, automation is going to play a big role in 2024. So, what are you, what are your predictions going forward, and what strategies do you think will gain more traction? Um, I will stick to what I've been keeping uh, saying, and you might notice that um, proper analysis. So. Yeah. Of course, strategies, but you need proper analysis. And I noticed in the last couple of fields that some companies forgot forgot to make proper analysis of their context. Uh, And I predict that they will start doing that more and more. Why? Because now we have AIs and Mm -hmm. to use AIs uh, in our uh, internal processes without a better analysis, it it might do more harm than than good. So... I predict that companies will focus more on understanding uh, processes, uh, making analysis. Uh, Let's say they will start to allocate resources uh, towards teams, internal teams that can uh, uh, be starting small with one uh, engineer, automation engineer, or the uh, analyst, an automation analyst, or bigger companies might invest more in center of excellence related to automation and AI stuff. Uh, but um, that's the trend that we've been seeing for, the, let's say, at least four years and will continue. But it's a bit accelerated with uh, this AI new norm mm-hmm. uh, that we should take with a bit of grain of salt because uh, it's a technology, it's a good one, but we should uh, first learn how to use it. Yep. Yeah, that's a good uh, uh, crawl, walk, run. <laughs> um, so I guess how does AI play into automation in 2024 since you touched on it? Um, I mean, obviously, it's going to be a key component there. Of course, AI, uh, it it was and it is used more and more. Now it's like a new norm. It was like a buzz uh, yeah. last year, but now it's a new norm. Uh, companies are starting to build processes that uh, incorporate AI. 
Uh, and this is how I see uh, AI uh, fitting companies, mostly enterprise, but uh, also small, uh, medium companies around processes. So building st uh, still building processes first uh, that can incorporate use of AI because uh, AI is powerful, uh, but as any tool can be mm -hmm. used also for good and for uh, for harm, depending on the intent. Yeah. Um, you might want to be like uh, an orchestrator that uh, used AI technologies. Uh, and uh, this is how I'm seeing things. So AI, it's, it's amazing, but let's not use it for everything. Yeah. First, choose the right AI and process to automate using AI. So do you see it more as like a feature? I, I know a lot of companies are launching with AI and you're like, well, that's kind of a feature of QuickBooks potentially <laughs> or some other company that's already existing. Do you, do you see it in, in a lot of cases as kind of just a feature that companies need to uh, adopt into their product and, and their uh, processes as opposed to building an entirely new company? Uh, not sure. It depends. So I'm seeing a lot of, uh, let's say, startup and products uh, that are building AI for everything. Yeah. Uh, but when you uh, are speaking about enterprise context where I'm more familiar, it's not that easy. You need to have, let's say, processes in place. Uh, you need to understand how to use that, uh, that AI. So AI for everything is not just uh, a good approach, I would say. Uh, and uh, also, uh, I do not and we do not brag that we have AI with Processor because we don't need it. Processor is mm -hmm. an orchestrator. So it's better for us to be an orchestrator of AI. So by being an integration on an automation platform, we can tap into any AI, feed with data, take data, and automate processes. Yeah. And it's worked like a charm for us. We do not need to say, hey, I, we've built this AI. No, why? It will be like a vanity metric. We don't need that now. Of course, AI will play a role in uh, the future of Processio because there is not the future without AI, as we might notice, but not for now. Got it. And uh, I guess what other problems do you foresee with uh, automation and AI, especially for the companies that aren't doing the analysis and <laughs> uh, planning up front before they plan on rolling out these processes? Do you foresee any other problems? Okay, well, problems, of course, problems can uh, be even with AI or other tech, if you are trying to incorporate without a proper analysis, internal analysis, I'm keeping on saying that because yeah. it's the most important aspect. Make a good analysis of your internal processes and tap into AI afterwards. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so what, what do you think are the uh, possible negative outcomes there if they don't do the analysis up front? <laughs> Which a lot of companies uh, do, actually. They will uh, uh, face the context of automating, uh, making a, a beautiful automation for an inefficient uh, thing. So an, yeah. it will be an, like an inefficient automation using AI. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of those. Those <laughs> Um do you predict any other governance or standardization around AI? That's kind of a big buzz right now too, um, because AI, you know, like you mentioned, it was really a buzz word um, over the last few years. But this year, you know, with OpenAI coming out and a lot of other tools, um, AI really became an actual thing. <laughs> so a lot of a lot of people are talking about governance, uh, uh, governance and standardization. So what are your what are your thoughts on that? 
of course, you need to have uh, standardizations and uh, regulation uh, with AI, like with any other tech out there, right? Uh, and we all are seeing uh, how uh, uh, how governments are playing in this uh, regulation aspect in e Europe. In EU, uh, you can we already have uh, AI Act, right? So we are a bit ahead, as I I, I research. Not sure in US how much progress there is, but I didn't see too much. You might uh, tell me how it, how the it is a little further ahead always. <laughs> Uh, yes, in US is like uh, a ground, uh, fertile ground for the AI uh, innovation. Yeah. In Europe, it's uh, more regulated, but it's 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 okay to uh, to have regulation with these uh, powerful tools that can be used with uh, bad intent and do harm. Right. So you need regulation. Yeah, I definitely agree there. Yeah, it tends to, you know, from a regulation standpoint, the EU always seems to be a little ahead of the US. Uh, I like to call ourselves maybe the Wild West out here. <laughs> um, but, you know, sometimes, like like we uh, talked about earlier, you got to break things for innovation. So uh, maybe there's a positive side. US, US is, the, is like uh, the promoter of AI with help of US. We all got now uh, AI, right? So yeah. we need to have also that. Yeah, hopefully we don't break things too bad, but <laughs> I guess, uh, so failure comes with any profession, right? Um, could you tell us about a time that you failed and what you learned from it? Of course, of course. Uh, I might say that uh, failure is like an engine for progress, right? Yeah. And of course, I failed a lot in uh, my career and uh, my previous ventures. Um, I might say that I've learned that um, when you make strategies, you should uh, take into consideration that things will take at least two times more than you expected. Yeah. Uh, and you will need uh, at least two times more the resources than you expected. I say and the same thing. Accordingly. <laughs> I always say the same thing. It costs twice as much as you think, and it's going to take twice as much time. So, you know, don't get, uh, t don't get too uh, over, uh, over zealous, I guess. <laughs> yes. Um, you feel it, right? So, with time, you you start to uh, to understand things better and to adjust a bit. But to be honest, you will never know how much time it will takes for things to to happen, right? Yeah. Just be prepared for that. Yeah, and you got to be patient, especially as an entrepreneur uh, building a product. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of times those overnight successes people hear about have really been seeding themselves for several years, right? And then there might be like a switch in the feature of the product or maybe enough like an inflection point with a certain amount of customers coming on board and word of mouth starting to really take off that they, you know, really become those overnight successes. But, um, it, you know, it usually takes a, f a few years that nobody ever hears about like that product or company. And then all of a sudden one night, um, everybody's talking about it. But uh, yeah, nobody talks about the the couple of years that led to that, uh, uh, the trials and errors that led to the uh, final product that actually ended up working and uh, taking off. Exactly. So, so I don't believe uh, on success overnight. And mm -hmm. as you said, nobody talks about those, let's say, two or three or five or ten years yeah. prior to that success, right? So uh, that's the case. It is a lot of work to put into uh, a startup, a technology, a company. Yeah. So only the people that are doing that knows about uh, about it. 
yeah, you got to have the patience and uh, treat it like a marathon rather than a race. So um, a lot of times it might not even be your first startup. Sometimes it's, you know, I've, I've uh, been an entrepreneur and uh, off and on for about 20 years now. And, and uh, I've seen a lot of guys that were, you know, working on one, two products and they didn't go anywhere. Then all of a sudden their third product, everybody, you know, knows who they are and it takes off, but uh, nobody knew about them for that decade prior when they were launching different startups, figuring out how to do it, you know, failing the hard way, but uh, learning the hard lessons that they needed to, to know how to do it better next time. Exactly. Exactly. So as you said, learning the, uh, the skills needed to, uh, to be in time next time. Yep, exactly. <laughs> uh, when, when the moment's right. So I guess what are so, some of your favorite books that you would recommend to other, you know, product managers or entrepreneurs out there that want to uh, build a, you know, great product or launch a company? Uh, so I don't have things like favorite things. So I like to learn from everything, every time, everywhere. Like right now I'm learning from you. Uh, but of That's course, uh, and also the uh, the reading time is uh, is short nowadays, but I find I found I found a way. So uh, I started to listening uh, audiobooks, and that works for me yeah. because reading time is less uh, uh, audio time. I found out that it's a bit more for me, and it works. Uh, what I've uh, listened uh, in 2023, uh, I can recall now. Let's say. Uh, uh 1000 million offer from Alex Hormozzi so uh that's a good uh book for entrepreneurs to read and uh, to to try to experiment what they uh, found there uh for their marketing approach uh also i can recall the challenger sales and yeah. why like that uh, that book this book uh the challenger sales uh, it's about not being a sales person that try to sell everything, uh, but but rather being like a consultant. Yeah. So being a consultant, try to understand the context. As you might figure out, I'm speaking a lot about understanding the context, making analysis, and provide value for the person that uh, might use your services or your products. Yeah. So I like that. And also uh, uh, the book "Think Fast and Slow." Yeah, it's a good, uh, um, let's say, parallel between uh, taking intuitive decisions and uh, making analysis, and to know how to balance those. So I just uh, named three uh, books good. that I loved in 2023. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, sometimes you got to make decisions quickly, especially in a startup. The world, like we mentioned, the world's moving really fast. But um, you know, also, which is easy for ADHD people like me. But uh, you also have to stop and, and think about, especially really critical decisions sometimes, and uh, do your analysis, like you mentioned earlier, uh, to really make sure that you're making the right decision before you, you know, choose to, yep. you know, go in one direction or not. Um, I also like the challenger sale too. I like we mentioned earlier, um, people like to buy; they don't want to be sold, right? So a lot of times. Um, you know, product people or entrepreneurs are so, you know, excited to sell their product that they're not listening to their customers and they're not really connecting with the customer problem and then working backwards from there to design a customer experience or even a product experience that uh, meets those customers' needs, which ultimately they're the ones paying you money. So, you know, you exactly. So actually we did the same mistake when we started to, to sell the process here. And that's one of our fail failures. In 2021, 
when we said, hey, we have an amazing technology, let's uh, sell it, let's do business development. Uh, but we failed to do what we did uh, when we started to develop uh, Processio. When we de developed Processio, we took a lot of time to make analysis, to make research, to validate the market prior to any uh, line of code uh, that was written. But when we went to business development, we failed to do that. We forgot to do that and yeah. went straight ahead to, hey, let's do business development and uh, let's propose this uh, awesome technology to people. Everybody. But people do not want uh, that. They have their own problems uh, and needs, and uh, we need uh, we learn how to uh, be a challenger and to be a consultant and learn from people and propose solution for their needs. Yeah, that was uh, suited and delivered faster with a technology like Processio, right? Yeah. So yeah, a, lot uh, of, a lot of times it could be like that one small thing that that you could just switch. And all of a sudden, it just changes the perception with the uh, customer overnight. Exactly so. Perfect. So uh, I guess what's uh, one thing potential customers should know about Processio and why they should choose you guys over uh, maybe another automation platform out there? If I will answer to this question, uh, people will tend to not believe me because it comes from the owner, uh, co-founder, uh, is the DPTC of uh, the technology. Uh, and I would prefer, uh, prefer to recommend people to check out uh, the testimonials and uh, uh, feedback uh, uh, and reviews on Captera and Product Hunt. By the way, we won product of the day on Product Hunt. We have mm -hmm. a lot of uh, amazing reviews and honest review from people out there. And those will be helpful, more helpful for others to understand and choose Processio than me saying, hey, take Processio, right? Uh, and uh, also we have an amazing community on Discord. Just check uh, and join our community, ask questions, uh, the community will help. Um, if I will uh, mention something, uh, Processio, it's a proven technology at enterprise level. As I said, we democratize um, enterprise uh, automation integration technology. So we started like that. We started like an enterprise technology. So it's proven on uh, highly intense and regulated uh, industries like uh, energy, uh, financial stuff. Uh, so it's proven enterprise. So that uh, that will help a lot. Yeah, proven enterprise and made for uh, companies, startups and other companies that might not necessarily be able to afford or get their hands on such technology. Of course, exactly so. That's great. And uh, I guess what's next for you guys over the next five years? What should we look forward to with Processio? So Processio started with uh, the vision and still have the vision to become a core productivity tool for any employee in organization to use, to build software, application, automate processes. And we are building towards that. So uh, we've uh, started with the foundation, with the backbone, with the processes added some UI stuff on that. Uh, we uh, build our the document designer. So UI, you build documents that you use in processes. Now we just released advanced forms and tasks. It's more than the form builder. It's the advanced forms and task builder that can be enhanced with process designer. And as you might notice, we are moving towards building any type of application with advanced UI builder. So that's next, let's say UI advanced UI builder. And we will see uh, how we will use also AI in this uh, this uh, 
part. But for 2024, it will be mostly about approval flows because we've we we've noticed that at enterprise level and uh, actually all of the other companies, um, they have some issues with approval flows. So mm-hmm. we've built like a, a magic tool for that. Oh, very cool. Well, we're excited to see you guys grow and excited to be a part of your community as well. Um, anybody interested in this uh, product, we definitely recommend you check it out. Uh, Marianne, thank you so much for coming on today. Uh, the product is available in the Nacho Nacho marketplace. Uh, today we're doing a special actually, uh, Marianne and I worked it out over the last 48 hours, but I will do 80% off, uh, just for today only. Uh, so if you go to the Nacho Nacho marketplace, look up Processio and you can get 80% off today only on this great software product. Um, so check it out today. Uh, Nacho Nacho is the best way to buy SaaS. Uh, Marianne, once again, thank you so much for coming on today and uh, excited to see where a company goes from here. Thank you for having me and let's do that. Awesome. Thank you, bud. Thank you.